Hello, this is uh, Professor Tufano. Um, I'm going to be uh, recording this on uh, March 30th, 2020, and this will be the chapter in the textbook Speaking to Inform, which is chapter 15, and the new text, it's on page 275. And I'll also talk a little bit about um, preparing for the informative speech. So this may be could be up to 45 minutes for this um, uh, conversation, this audio recording. So to start off with, um, the informative speeches uh, currently will be uh, done um, through uh, YouTube. So um, for the next speech, the informative speech, you will um, record yourself presenting your informative speech um, then you'll uh, create a YouTube video of it. You will then send me the link to the video. Um, send it to through the regular email, not through Canvas. Just go to the regular email. And then attach a link. And if possible, if it could be a hyperlink, that'd be nice. Uh, some of you have done that, and it's nice. I could just click on it. It goes right to YouTube. So if you can do that, uh, that would be fantastic. I'm thinking for the third speech, which is the persuasive speech, I think we're going to try to do those uh, live via Zoom. So I've been uh, kind of contemplating going back and forth um, uh, for one of the classes. We, half the class, about eight or ten students performed their uh, speech using um, recording it and then just uh, uploading the link. And so it wasn't, it was just the student talking to the camera. And um, that's interesting, um, a definitely an interesting way that we're kind of forced to do uh, that speech. But I'd like to try for the third speech, maybe see how it goes. Well, again, it'll be an experiment just doing it live via Zoom with your peers. So that will be the plan for the third speech. But back to the second speech, which is your informative speech. For some of you, this will be your first opportunity to record a video and then upload it. And for some of you, about 10 of you, you're, you've already done this for the first informative, uh, excuse me, the first personal experience speech. So um, again, we're just doing the best we can based upon uh, the fact that we have to work remotely. So um, we're just doing the best we can. So informative uh, speaking. So for the next speech, the informative speech, you will select a topic that is currently being discussed in the media, whether it's in newspapers or on uh, the television, whether it's cable or regular broadcast shows. It doesn't matter if it's commentary or straight news. And uh, our focus is public policy. And so that's kind of the, the uh, guidance boundaries. Find something socially relevant, something important, something that addresses public policy, and then um, public policy, basically, uh, what the government should or shouldn't do to address an issue or a problem. Obviously, because of the uh, COVID-19, the um, uh, coronavirus is uh, what we're dealing with, discussing, and interacting with now is, is probably going to be something that you all probably will be interested in talking about. And if we're doing it via the YouTube links and sending me the videos, it doesn't matter if uh, several students decide to discuss it. And there are many facets of 
the quarantining of people and the virus and those kind of things. So um, you could be on the side that um, we need to get back to work soon, get back, uh, get people back in the economy, or you could be on the other side that says we need to wait this out to uh, make sure that uh, more people don't get ill and uh, anything even in between there. But um, so you're going to find a topic and then you will send me that topic. So I'd like those topics ASAP as soon as possible. Today is uh, Monday the 30th, so um, I need those as soon as you can. I think I've given some boundaries to both classes, but uh, uh, for sure no later than the end of the week because next week those are due. So um, next week you will, um, for the uh, Monday-Wednesday class, um, it's going to be uh, next uh, will be um, the informative speeches uploaded uh, to me no later than the April 8th and then the informative speech outline uploaded to me uh, no later than the 8th. For the uh, Tuesday-Thursday class, um, no later than uh, the 9th for the speeches and the outline. I'll talk about the outline here in just a second. Okay, so for both classes next week, um, make sure that you get me your um, topics as soon as possible. And then record and get me those links to your YouTube videos no later than the um, um, no later than the eighth for the Monday, Wednesday, Friday class, and the ninth for the um, Tuesday, Thursday class. So, just as a reminder, we will meet um, every uh, day that we have a scheduled class uh, on Zoom, even though. Uh, on the syllabus it says informative speeches or persuasive speeches or pro-con. We still plan on having a Zoom meeting on all those days, especially since you're just sending me the link uh, to your YouTube videos. Okay, so let me talk briefly about the, um, the outlines that um, are due. So in the textbook, you will find a chapter on outlining. And there is a good example of the uh, speech preparation outline, which is the type of outline you will uh, be uh, sending me. In the new book, chapter 9, page 176, 177, and 178. Okay, How to evaluate your speech using a preparation outline, which is good information in chapter 9. And then a sample preparation outline. Here are the headings, purpose, introduction, central idea, preview, body outline, conclusion, and then references. So do the best you can to uh, prepare a speech preparation outline that looks as close to that as you can. And that will be due um, on the same dates that the uh, speeches are due uh, on the syllabus. Okay, So that's where you'll find that. Okay, if you have any other questions regarding um, that, so let me just um, say um, how the speech, um, your informative speeches will be formatted. So you need an organizational pattern to format your speeches, and the two that I have listed in the syllabus are pro-con and straight informative. So for the pro-con, you will find um, probably two items or two uh, ways to present 
the pro of that topic and then two uh, cons to that topic. So um, whatever, um, however you, whatever topic you decide, you can say some people think this, some people see, some people believe that, and I'll give you two of the um, perspectives from the pro side, two perspectives from the con side, and then that way you'll just present those those uh, points and stay uh, balanced and neutral, and then you'll just end your speech by saying, in summary, I've just provided two arguments in favor of this, two arguments against it, and when I come back from my persuasive speech, I'll take a position. Okay, something like that as a summary. And and for this speech, you will need to have at least three complete uh, sources that you will use as uh, references. So complete sourcing would be the who, what, where, when, why, um, as much as possible, as much information about the source that you're referring to as possible. So um, finding those sources will be in newspapers or they'll be from news uh, websites. So both newspapers and news websites have a search bar. You can search for your topic in there. You'll find news articles to support and back up your ideas. So primarily you should use the news broadcast, the broadcast news websites to search for um, ways to uh, defend, back up, support your ideas or the newspaper uh, websites and that's what you'll do. Okay. So that's ideally what you should do to back up your ideas. You can use books or journal articles, those kind of things. I'm just trying to make it easy for you. You could even Google Google the information and then decide uh, you know, where to locate it. But do the best you can. Uh, don't use blogs. Don't use... Um, there's just some other sourcing that um, is primarily opinionated. You want to try to find information that is primarily factual, accurate, reliable, fair, that has perspective, and you're probably going to find most of that uh, from news sources, not so much opinion sources. Uh, I'm not against opinion sources. If you're going to use opinions to back up your ideas, they just need to be expert opinions. And in a lot of the cases, when you Google stuff, you're not going to get experts. You're just going to get people. So you want to find experts. So if you stick to newspapers and you stick to news broadcast websites, use their search bar, it's probably going to get you better information. If you start with Google, it could send you in a big circle. So uh, I'm not saying you can't do that. Okay, so that's okay. So then if you decide to use the pro-con, it's kind of a simple way to stay balanced. If you use another pattern, typically say past, present, or future, or some type of organizational pattern like that, you're just going to divide your speech up into those three sections. If you use the pro-con, I recommend four, two on the pro and two on the con. And uh, for the uh, straight in from formative, usually a division of three. Now, you, do, you are required to provide at least three sources. I didn't say you couldn't use four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. It's a minimum of three complete sources. Okay, But again, if you want to use more, that's fine. If I was doing a pro-con with two and two, I'd, I'd use the minimum of four. Okay, So that's, that's how I would do that. But um, you don't necessarily have to. You just have to have a minimum of three. Okay. So those are the two organizational patterns, uh, pro-con or the straight informative. And so you'll take the information and you'll put it into one of those two formats. All right. So I'm going to move on to talking about the chapter, chapter 15, speaking to informants on page 275. 
So the learning objectives, there's five of these, describe the five different types of informative speech topics. Next, effectively and appropriately use three strategies to enhance, enhance audience understanding. Thirdly, if effectively and appropriately use three strategies to maintain audience interest. Fourthly, effectively and appropriately use four strategies to enhance audience recall of information presented in your informative speech. And then last uh, learning objective is develop an audience-centered informative speech. Well, if you're looking at the, the textbook, they have that pinwheel that describes those eight uh, steps, the processes to um, complete a uh, public address or a speech. And in the center, it always says, consider the audience. And that's what they call audience-centered speaking and not self-centered speaking. All good speeches um, are concerned about how the audience will receive the information and then how you feel about the information. So you have to like the topic first. And then as you think about, would my audience like it, um, that's, you have to kind of balance those two things out. I would not give a speech in class if I was convinced the audience would just be um, would not want to hear it and that would resist it because audiences naturally resist uh, listening to speeches regardless of if they love the topic or not. But obviously, if they have a greater motivation to enjoy it, they'll be more likely to pay attention and engage it mentally. Okay, next we're going to talk about the uh, chat chapter outline. And there are five headings here, informative speech topics, strategies to enhance audience understanding, uh, strategies to maintain audience interest and strategies to enhance audience recall and then lastly developing an audience centered uh, speech so um, it def the book defines an, an informative speech as a speech that shares information with others to enhance their knowledge or understanding of the information concepts and ideas you present so the key here is to enhance your knowledge so anytime you speak you speak to an audience that already has some information um, that may be useful to them to help them to understand the topic or the information you're, presented, you're presenting. So the greater knowledge they have about the specifics of the topic that you will present, then uh, ideally you don't have to go into as much detail because the key here is to enhance their knowledge or understanding. The key is enhancing. So whatever you tell your audience you have to be assured that it's enhancing their knowledge and enhancing their understanding. If they're already enhanced, already totally understood on that topic, it's much more difficult to listen, to pay attention, to mentally engage if, quote, I already know this. But even in the mind of the listeners or your audiences, uh, good audiences, especially in college classes, they will listen even if they think to themselves, I know this, I've heard this, I've got everything I could possibly know about this, and now I'm just listening to another person uh, just talk about it. So you'll still get um, a lot of, um, you'll at least get the students to um, maintain interest. If you speak outside the classroom, if your audience already knows it, then uh, you can then just quickly summarize your ideas and not go into great detail and not spend a lot of time on that. So that is the definition of speak, uh, speech to inform. And then the book talks about these um, five different topics, topics about objects, topics about procedures, topics about people, topics about events, topic, topics about ideas. Those are the five general categories for informative speaking. But for our class, we're going to focus on probably, ideally, mostly ideas, 
because we're focused on public policy or focused on obvious things that we see that are wrong in our community, our culture, our state, our country, and then primarily ways to fix those. And uh, the government uh, could fix them or the private sector could fix them. And so you identify a problem and then you identify a solution. And as a bonus, you can identify a cause, but you're going to find... Um, what is the best way to fix or solve that problem? And sometimes you need the power of the government. Sometimes you need the power of the free market. Sometimes you need both. Um, so you have to kind of decide that. But we're going to skip uh, speeches about topics, speeches about procedures, speeches about people. And I'm not saying that those aren't valid and good topics and, and speeches. But for our short semester, how, how we're focusing on public policy. I want you to focus on ideas um, for sure and um, uh, events would be fine because of course the event we're dealing with uh, currently as I record this is the coronavirus so we can't avoid that but these other areas are generally good right objects procedures people events ideas so for our class we're focusing on events and ideas and the main reason we do that is because we're attempting to identify problems and fix them and they're generally um, we're generally dealing with events and ideas in that vein next strategy strategies to enhance audience understanding the skill of teaching enhancing understanding is obviously important to teachers but it's also equally important to any profession and that's true doesn't matter what profession you're in um, you do have to um, help people to understand um, information or understand it you know, better or to understand it more concisely because ultimately we're going to take information and we're going to use it and we're going to have to make some decisions about where to use it and how to use it. And so this is important that, that we have strategies to enhance audience information. It says here in the book, communication occurs when information is related to listeners in a way that they can understand, use, or respond to. Just because an idea, term, or concept has been around for centuries doesn't mean it's easy to understand or audience members understand its relevance to their own lives. That's really important. Um, those are important concepts. Speak with clarity. Some of you know how important clarity is. In fact, I love her. To speak with clarity is to express ideas so that the listeners understand the intended message accurately. Speaking clearly is an obvious goal of an informative speaker. What is not so obvious is how to speak clearly. As a speaker, you may think you're being clear, but only the listeners can tell whether he or she has received your message, right? The speaker encodes the message, and then the message is decoded by the listeners. And that's where uh, meaning is assigned when the listeners decode it. So being clear is very important if they're going to decode the message appropriately, properly. Clarify unfamiliar ideas or complexes. If you want to tell your listeners about a complex process, you'll need more than definitions to explain what you mean. So defining and describing is a very important part of an effective speech, for sure. Research suggests that to demystify a complex process, if you first provide a simple overview of the process with an analogy, a vivid description, or a word picture. Uh, how to enhance message clarity. Preview your main ideas and introduction. Explain how what you present relates to the previous point. Frequently summarize the ideas. Provide a visual outline to help listeners follow your ideas. 
once you announce your topic and your outline, stay on message, which is good. Uh, use word phrases. Uh, use a vivid, descriptive word picture. A word picture is a lively description that helps your listeners form a mental image by appealing to their senses, senses of sight, taste, smell, sound, and touch. It's important. Okay, strategies to uh, maintain audience's interest. No matter how carefully you craft your definitions, how skillfully you deliver your descriptions, or how you visually reinforce your presentation aids, if your listeners aren't paying attention, you won't achieve your goal of informing them. So you need to find ways to gain and hold their interest for sure. Uh, gain their interest by saying something interesting at the beginning, and then maintain their interest by staying on the outline or the blueprint that you presented. And throughout the speech, making sure that you are looking up and out at your audience. Now that when you're doing the videos for YouTube, that's not going to matter. But in live um, presentations, which I hope that we'll be back to soon, you do have to kind of use your audience's responses and reactions to make adjustments. Motivate your audiences. Most audiences will probably not be waiting breath breathlessly for you to talk to them. You'll need to motivate them. True. It says here, some situations have built-in motivation for listeners. As a teacher can say, uh, there'll be a test covering this, uh, this covering on my lecture. And uh, it'll count for 50% of your grade. And then, of course, everyone will say, what, what did he say? What did she say? Test, test, test. Is this information on a test? Such threatening methods may not, um, might not make the teacher popular, but they will certainly motivate the, listener, the, the class to listen. Similarly, a boss may say your ability to use your sales principles will determine whether you keep your job. Your boss's statement will, prob statement will probably motivate you to learn the company's sales procedures. However, because you will rarely have the power to motivate your listeners with such strong-arm tactics, you will need to find more creative ways to get your audience to listen. Never assume your listeners will automatically be interested in what you have to say. I will say the opposite. Assume they're not interested. Because if you assume they're not interested and they're not motivated to listen, then you have to work harder at finding ways to motivate them. Tell a story. Good stories with interesting characters and riveting plots fascinate listeners for sure. Present information that relates to your listeners. By being an audience-centered speaker, it means being aware of the information that your audience can use. If, for example, you're going to teach your audience about recycling, be sure to talk about specific efforts on the campus as well. Use the unexpected. A quick check, keeping the audience interested. Tell them why they should want to listen and give them a reason. A uh, simple one is by the end of my speech, you're going to be much better off by listening because the information I'm going to provide to you is going to be very important and be very useful in your life and will make a positive difference. And so um, in some cases, that is the bare minimum that your audience should know about the things that you're going to say. Tell a good story, describe a conflict, describe an action, create suspense, use humor if it's, pos if it's appropriate. Uh, tell the, uh, the audience how the information affects them. Tell them something that will surprise them. All right, moving on to page 290, audience uh, strategies to enhance audience recall. Build in redundancy. If it is seldom, it is seldom necessary for write, for repeat. Okay, one more time. It is seldom necessary for writers to repeat themselves. 
If readers don't quite understand a passage, they can go back and read it again. When you speak, however, audience members generally cannot stop you at a point in the speech where it's unclear and say, uh, can you stop and repeat that? So how do, how do you make your message redundant without insulting your listeners? Here's a couple of ideas. Make your key uh, idea short and simple. When we, make, when we say make your message short and simple, we don't mean that you should be a 30-second speech. Rather, we mean that when you can distill your ideas down to a few brief or simple phrases to your audience, they'll be more likely to remember what you say. Makes sense, right? Pace your information. Organize your speech so that, you're present, so that you present an even flow rather than bunching up specific details around the point. In some cases, students will not manage their time well, and then they'll, they'll uh, do this. They won't pace their information, and all of a sudden the timer goes off, and all of a sudden they want to rush to, to provide enough to pr provide the information that they wanted to going super fast. Um, so pace your information. Reinforce your key ideas. You can reinforce your idea verbally by saying such things as this is the most important thing or be sure to remember this point. It's compelling. Suppose you have four suggestions for helping your listeners avoid a serious sunburn and your last suggestion is most important. How can you make sure your audience would know that? Just tell them. Of all the suggestions I've given you, this one's the most important one. Reinforce your key ideas non-verbally. You can also draw attention to your key ideas non-verbally. Keep in mind that the way that you deliver an idea can give it special emphasis. Gestures serve the purpose of accenting or emphasizing key phrases, just like italics or boldface does in a written message. Moving on, on page 292, developing an audience-centered informative speech. So far, it says in the chapter, we've described the types of informative speech topics and offer numerous principles to follow in helping your listeners understand and maintain interest in remembering your message. But when faced with an informative speaking opportunity, you may still wonder how to go about preparing for the speech. So it says here, use the audience-centered speaking model, which is this on this book and this uh, version, edition, it's on 293, right? The eight steps. So follow those steps, um, select an area topic, determine your purpose, develop your central idea, generate main ideas, gather supporting material, organize your speech, rehearse it, and deliver it. So on page 294, they have a quick check, audience-centered, informed to speaking. First, select your topic. Next, formulate your central and main ideas. Next, gather supporting material, organize your speech, and then lastly, rehearse your message. Deliver a polished message to your audience and in your case, if you're doing it on video, you can practice it several times before you actually launch that final version where you make the YouTube version that you prefer and then send it to me. And then the study guide is on page 295, and then on 296, I will pick one of the essay questions on 296 for your next quiz. So be aware, there's looks like there's four of those. Just uh, look at those and, and at least prepare either a short outline or at least think through how you would answer them. I'm going to give you an hour to type those responses into Canvas. Okay, and then there's some key terms that I want you to at least uh, try to um, get to understand those. I'm not going to quiz you on those for the next quiz. I probably will for another quiz, but not the next one. Okay, so that uh, was chapter 15 with a little commentary at the beginning. It looks like it's under 30 minutes. Okay, so... Um, uh, I appreciate you listening. Hope you're all staying safe. 
And if you have any problems or issues, uh, just text me. Okay, Professor Defano signing off.